Statements made in CBD and poetry podcasts have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Non-prescription CBD is not intended to treat, diagnose, cure, or prevent any disease or medical conditions. The CBD and poetry discussion is not intended as medical advice and should not substitute advice from a healthcare professional. He kissed, like he gave a saludo de besos to the mother of Chaco, like the famous uh, drug kingpin or narco. Now, how did you cross paths with CBD? Yeah, so um, I suffer from migraines and... uh, and there was, I guess, a period about a year and a half ago where I was going through, and they're more prominent when I have stress. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I was going through stress in which I felt, like, anxiety, and then, like, during the day, and then I wasn't sleeping very well, and then I kept getting migraines. And uh, I got one migraine that just wouldn't go away. I think I, it had, I'd already had it for, like, over 12 hours, and it's like, it was not going away. And so a guy at the time I was dating... Uh, he recommended that I try CBD oil that maybe it could like give me some like sort of relief or relax me mm-hmm. enough to like kind of get out of it. And like, I was really uh, against taking it because like with uh, weed, like, or marijuana, like I get, I'm very hypersensitive to it mm-hmm. and it always get too high. And like, it, it doesn't like, especially if I smoke it, like it, it doesn't do well with me. So I was really afraid of being like high and in pain at the same time. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> I'm like, I'm just gonna make it worse. Um, because I tend to like marijuana gets me lost in my head. And I was like, I, I can't do that and like try to focus on, you know, not hurting. Uh, but he ended up getting it to me, like the person who got it gave it to me here, it was in Playa del Carmen. Um, so it wasn't through like a shop because here, like just in the past, I would say six to nine months, I started seeing it like at different like shops here. Like it is legal. Okay. It just wasn't like widely available here like it was in the States. I didn't see it anywhere. Um, so like he knew somebody who, who her, her family manufactured it. And, okay. Uh, so I said, okay. And she like, she was interesting because she like ended up taking like some personal data, like my, my age, my weight, like different like data points. And then asked me like what I wanted to use it for and that sort of thing. And then she gave me kind of like a schedule to take it. And she would say, for example, like, I think in the morning it was like five drops and then like she was like eat it with this food and then like it might have this much or whatever. And so like I did that for a while and like I would say that like it did help my stress, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And like um, now hers apparently had traces of THC in it. She said okay. that like it was like predominantly all CBD, but it had some slight traces of THC, but it wasn't enough to get you high. Like... Do you know, did she tell you what percentage of THC it was? No, she didn't tell me. She said they would just be small amounts, you know. Okay. Because um, here in the States, just uh-huh. FYI, um, uh-huh. you can legally have up to 0.3%. Okay. Yeah, she didn't tell me. I, I, wasn't, I don't know if she even knew how much it was. Uh-huh. Um, like, so the first batch was good, and then I used it up pretty quickly. And then, well, I mean, I used it as, as prescribed, right? And then the right. next batch... I think the next batch had more THC in it because like a couple of times when I took like 10 drops and that's what she was telling me to take was 10 drops at night. Like I did feel kind of high. And so like, it didn't, it didn't, it wasn't like enough to like upset me, but it did, it 
I didn't notice like the difference between the batches. Did you give her that feedback that the formulation I, wasn't no, consistent? I, didn't <laughs> <have> <laughs> I ended up having a, a friend came over and I told him about it and he's like, oh, this is wonderful. And he ended up taking the bottle and like thought it was like the best thing ever, you know? So um, more recently, like the, so I'm training at a CrossFit gym or when there's not a pandemic, I trained at a CrossFit gym uh-huh. and the owner, he is friends with um, a vitamin shop here. And they they recently started carrying it. So like once this is all over, I think I'm gonna go to them. Or maybe this weekend I see if they're open, I'll go go put my mask on and search them down. Because definitely like the past couple of weeks I've been more stressed out than, than not. Um, but yeah, that was right. I wanna ask you one more question about the mm-hmm. woman who it sounds yeah. like she I, I don't wanna say prescribe, but uh-huh. my question is, does she say that she's a doctor? How no, does she, she didn't, no, she didn't say she was a doctor. She just, uh, she just said that she could recommend like a dosage based on like my, my personal situation and then like the goals that I had, but she didn't present herself as like a doctor. She didn't present herself as like a healthcare professional. She just, you know, her family grows it and and this is what formulates it. Uh How far away? Because you're in the Playa del Carmen area. So I'm in Quintana Roo and she's in Veracruz. So it's like just on the other side of the, the dip. Uh-huh, so, okay. Yeah, so I don't know how many kilometers or miles that is. I guess driving, it's probably like one day of driving away. More okay. Uh-huh, like 12, okay. 10 to 12 hours away, more or less okay. driving. Mm-hmm. And then in the vitamin shop that you're looking at, that mm-hmm. is more compounded, still by a local entrepreneur? Yeah, it's, it's still, still local, small shop, and they have like their own branding on it. Um, Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know anything more about it than that. I can send you the, the link or whatever. They have an Instagram page. And I okay. But, yeah, so that, that's what I've seen here in Playa is that, like, it's, like, it's mainly, like, the little vitamin and, like, natural stores, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, they sell, like, herbal essence and things like, not herbal essence, shampoo, what I'm thinking of. Essential oils. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say shampoo? What? Yeah, so that's the ones we're selling. It. I feel like I've seen it, like, at uh, some smoke shops, like we have a couple of like head shops sort of things. Like marijuana is illegal in, in Mexico, so it is illegal. But like, uh-huh. like I said, CBD is legal, but you'll have like shops that sell like pipes and like vapes and stuff. And so like, I think you can find it there. In fact, is- I saw one for like CBD gummies the other day. Like that was the like the sign or whatever. Is medical marijuana a thing in Mexico? No, it's not legal yet. Like it's been like, on the legislation for a while like i went to i think it's been almost three years ago i went to a a a growers fair in mexico city and uh they were just talking about how to grow your own marijuana and how to cultivate yourself um and a lot of them like they're pushing it it's interesting because the reason that they push for it in mexico is because no one well if you're conscientious about things, you don't want to give your money to the Narcos because you don't want to support their organization. You don't want to like have anything to do with them, you know? So it's mm-hmm. a way of like controlling the product that you consume and then also not giving money to criminals or having to like have any like dealings with criminals because like the, the network of who you might ha- get your marijuana from in Mexico would be very much different from like the person you might get it from, you know, in Austin, Texas. So okay, so that's now, pretty are, interesting. But so they're all pushing for like the, the the legalization and like they have decriminalized small amounts of, of drugs, like multiple types of drugs. Mm-hmm. But like it's still not legal, so it's like that gray area. But they're hoping to like get medical marijuana, but like 
I feel like in Mexico it would be really hard to control it because I don't even control like regular narcotics. Like I was at the pharmacy a couple of weeks ago and they had a sell on tramadol and it's just like, and it was like on sale for like $7 for like 60 pills or something like that. And it's just like, whatever you want, you can pretty much just walk in and say like, Oh, this is what I want. And they give it to you. So like if they did it for marijuana, they would have to be really strict with like dispensaries or like, have it like at a medical facility. I don't know how they would do that. Now here in the States, I've never tried to grow it or even look into growing, Mm -hmm. but it just a casual review and research. It seems like here in the States, they take great pains to say that there's a difference between a marijuana plant and a hemp plant. And one of the main differences is that a hemp plant will naturally have less THC. Do you also feel at that uh, growers meeting that you went to these were specifically for people who wanted thc like for sure it was definitely like the marijuana culture like the clothing like the music like the whole like vibe that's kind of what they were going for and it was never stated but it was like it was an underlying theme of the entire thing so that's definitely what it was for okay so that was more the emphasis than what i just said <laughs> yeah, it was the opposite it was the opposite and we went me and luna we went to spain and like I know, I want to say that they had like, at the, we went to like a convenience store to get water and they had like THC, like lip balm and they had like, like THC, like, like lollipop, not, sorry, not THC, CBD, like lip gloss or whatever, chapstick and then like suckers and everything. So it seemed to be like definitely much more widespread there than here. It's like, it's a, now becoming available here, but it isn't like, like widely consumed. I think I, I see it a lot though on like the, like the fitness pages on Instagram, like mm-hmm. fitness people will be like, oh, I take CT or uh, CBD as part of like my recovery or whatever, you know? So Now, are you a daily user of CBD or just when you're um, are experiencing? For a, while, for a while I was taking it every day. Um, mm-hmm. And then like I started only taking it, um, uh, I don't know, like once a week or so once every two weeks like she said like the lady was saying she it was her recommendation that i take it every day because Mm -hmm. she felt like the ongoing use of it would help control like the reoccurrence of like um of migraines but definitely like would help the reoccurrence of uh like stress and anxiety so Mm -hmm. So. now would you say that you have specific triggers do you know yeah do you know yeah, up front I, what I, pretty I, much is going to trigger one? Yeah, I do. It's not like, usually I can feel them coming on and I can take like, if I can take like, for example, like a thousand milligrams of like paracetamol, like it'll stop it in its tracks. But the past couple of months, I had one this week that was really bad. The problem is sometimes is it hits me in the middle of the night and I wake up in the middle of a migraine. And then like once I wake up in the middle of a migraine, it's just like, I there's not much I can do. This time I didn't have any, any CBD. I was able to take, I took 800 milligrams of ibuprofen, which did nothing. And then I took a thousand milligrams of paracetamol that had caffeine and eventually like it wore off, but it was like 12 hours before it got better. But, um, I really like, they used to give me narcotics for it and I don't really like taking them. Um, so I would like to try the CBD daily, but yeah, triggers are, if I get super stressed, which I don't think that was the case this time, like emotional stress typically emotional stress if i have a super hard workout it'll trigger it which is interesting if i have like a really hard run or like a really crazy like um workout where i want to vomit like that level of intensity will give me one like i had one after a birthday photo one time as a matter of fact you had and it after what a birthday photo in capoeira 
Oh, right, yeah, right. It, it was like so hard. It was like making me want to vomit. And then like that night I had like an intense migraine. So now for, uh-huh. I was just going to say for someone who never heard of Capoeira, they wouldn't uh-huh. know what a birthday hoda is. Can you describe what that is? Yeah. So it's like, uh, let me see. So Capoeira is a Brazilian martial arts in which the, the purpose is to evade rather than to take a hit, right? So it's pretty much the opposite of most martial arts. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a birthday call is when everybody gives you a greeting per se, right? And then they, 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 they challenge your skills one after the other. And so it's like the equivalent of sprinting until you can sprint no longer. <laughs> and this now, one, like, it was the equivalent of like, this was probably like 15 minutes. It was really How many people did you have to, I call it a fight. I think I probably played like, yeah, probably close to 20 people. It was like a really big one. The problem is, is that like, my birthday is like right around, right after um, our annual event, the Bachizado. So everybody's super excited and wants to play. Right. It's so like, the Bachizado, you play hard like it's your birthday. Yeah. For- <laughs> like the week of or the week after Bachizado. So it's like when I go, like everybody's like super excited, you know. So, um, but yeah, uh, working hard, hard workouts. Uh, one funny thing is uh, like oversleeping triggers my headaches, which I was told is common apparently. Like, if I stay in bed, like, till, like, 9, 10 in the morning, I'll start getting a headache, start getting a migraine. Emotion. It seems like the extremes. Like, if you're <laughs> too lazy yeah. or <laughs> too go, 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 yeah, yeah. your so body is, like, nah. Yeah, like, extreme stress, usually emotional, and then, yeah, too, working out too much, being too lazy, like specifically laying in bed, like, being horizontal causes it. Mm. Um, dehydration, of course, will cause it. Those are, like, the main factors, but, like, more recently, it's been like really super hard workouts. But I found that like right after my workout, if I know it's like if I can pay attention and know like it's pretty pretty tiring, I can take like 800 milligrams of ibuprofen and it will it will like avoid it. Like I might get a headache, but it's it's nothing more than just kind of annoying. So. That's amazing because you and I have known each other. I want to say about 10 years or so, mm-hmm. and we met playing capoeira. That's we were true. part of the same Capoeira group. Mm-hmm. I actually still feel that I'm still part of Capoeira Evolução, even well, though... I've seen you like, in some videos and pictures with Negro, right? You go train with him occasionally? Right, because Negro, one of our instructors, mm-hmm. he started a conditioning class. And you and I actually took that one class together yeah, we when did. you were visiting. Uh-huh. Was it last year? It must have been last it year. Was last May. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I never knew that whole time mm-hmm. that if you played too hard or whatever, that that would trigger. Yeah, like I, I haven't, I've only gotten a few from Capoeira. Like it's been very, very few. Uh, but yeah, occasionally it will happen. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so as soon as I can like get to the store, like I haven't limiting myself like in the past three weeks, I've only been out three times, you know, that was good at the grocery store each time. So like, um but like that's one of the smart reasons to brave being around other people during this pandemic i mean it makes no sense to stay home and starve to death that's true yeah (laughs) yeah so like i got a bunch of food and like i really don't need much it's just like when i I have like enough for probably like at this point like three weeks but like i go to get like like the cheeses and like the produce and like all you know the fresh ingredients like you can't stockpile fresh ingredients so So in the States, we always hoard the things to make French toast, eggs, bread, 
and milk. And then for this pandemic, for some inexplicable reason, it was also toilet paper. So weird. Is that Were good? Mexicans also hoarding certain things? I so I noticed like we like I have never seen the stores empty here. Like so, I've been every week. Like I went during the ramp up. Like during the ramp up, like the week before. So I think it was like right when the states were getting hit. Mm-hmm. Um, we hadn't got hit really yet. And we're, like we're still like either under testing or under reporting, or maybe we just don't have a lot of cases. But like right when you guys were getting hit, that's when like kind of people are getting like paranoid. They were panicking. So I went to, I did go to end up going to Sam's that weekend, which was a horrible experience. But like, um, like I never, Sam's was still had everything. The grocery store still had everything. There were some people buying a lot of stuff at Sam's, obviously. But like the things at the grocery store I noticed that were out, we ended up being out of bananas. <laughs> bananas. <laughs> bananas, you know, I was just like, all right, we were out of bananas. We were out of all the masa to make tortillas, which makes sense to me. Okay. That does. Yeah, That's we, a staple. We were, yeah, we were out of all the flour, which I'm assuming people are making flour tortillas. Um, the cereals, like we had, we still had cereal, but I could tell the cereal aisle was hit. The pasta was almost completely gone. Like when I got there, it was only the imported expensive pasta that was left, but like everything else had been cleared out. No pasta sauce, like zero pasta sauce, which was like a little surprising to me. And um, there were no tostadas left. There were no tortillas left. <laughs> it was like... The stereotypical, like, Mexican, you know, stuff. Um, but, yeah, that was what we, we we were out of. But, like, even still, there was, always, there was still traces of each one of those, you know, except for the, the, the tortilla masa and the, and the flour. Like, that was fine. But everything else, there was, like, even if it was picked over, there was still food. And, like, when I went back the next week, like, they had completely restocked. So I think uh, – but, but we were out of the same thing as everywhere. Like, no masks, no alcohol, like, rubbing alcohol, no hand gel. No bleach, or we have bleach, but you don't have like the Clorox wipes or the Lysol, and that's like long gone. So, and luckily, one of my friends, like he, he's from Holland, and he's kind of like a paranoid guy, anyways. And he saw it like happening, I guess, hitting Europe first, and he ended up buying like a case of mask and a case of like rubbing alcohol and hand gel, and he like gave some to like all of his friends. So that was really cool. So he, gave, oh, that was sweet. That yeah, was so he sweet. gave me like a an N95 mask, which was nice. I used that to the grocery store, and he gave me like a little thing of hand gel and a little thing of alcohol, so I could like create more hand gel. Like he sent me a recipe. Speaking of creation, another reason you and I have been friends for a decade mm-hmm. is that we're both artists and creative. And I remember before you moved to Mexico, you gifted mm-hmm. me, I think, two bags of mm-hmm. wonderful stuff, costumes, mm-hmm. a blend of costume fabric and mm-hmm. just everything to make costuming which i absolutely love mm-hmm. are you looking at ways to make your own masks you know i've thought about it i have looked at a couple of different designs like since i have my own i haven't really done it but i think i might do it this weekend because like for example like i still occasionally will ride my bike or mm-hmm. get my longboard out just because like i i'm really horrible about staying home and i'm trying to stay away from people but like i don't want to ride my bike with like the really the N95 mask because I want to save that for the grocery store. So like, I think that if I don't use a bandana, that will probably end up making my own mask. Like I live in a private neighborhood right now. And there's like, there's a park in front of my house, like a basketball court and tennis court. And uh, I saw the saddest thing yesterday. I saw a little girl, she was like four and she was riding down, like riding her tricycle with like a mask on. And I was like, (laughs) 
that's gonna be like like the saddest thing to see. I was like, I understand. Like, I'm I'm grateful her parents are caring about her safety. You know. But I think with your sewing skills, you have your sewing machine with you, right? Yeah, I brought my sewing machine with me. I was going to say, you could whip up some really cute masks. Yeah, I probably could. I I don't have any, like, fabric, but I could just have enough clothing that I could rip apart and, like, make some. Especially the cotton clothing. Yeah, the cotton clothing. I have a ton of cotton clothing that, like, here, as you know, at the beach, in, like, hot weather, just, like, you go through your clothes so fast, you know, you wearing them. Um, so that, and then I was also looking like, uh, different people are buying like, um, like the vacuum filters and then you can combine that with fabric, you know, um, to make a durable, more like you know, mask that filters a little bit better. And then also saw people that were making, um, masks that, that go over like cotton masks that go over like your surgical masks. So that way you can like protect it a little bit. Hopefully like it lasts a little bit longer for you. So. What about yourself? Did you create any of your own? Did you make any? You know what? I thought about it, but I'm, I just try to be really good about not touching my face. As soon as I walk, as soon as I get in the house, I go straight to my bathroom sink and wash my hands. And I asked my roommate to do the same. It's like, don't touch anything. Just make a beeline because we have our separate bathrooms. It's just like, wash your hands in your bathroom. Don't use the kitchen sink. And I was going to ask you now, we say, Stay six feet apart. Now, Mexico use metric, so that's about two meters. They say, they? Meter, and a, they say meter and a half. Meter and a half. That's what I was I was yeah. trying to figure out. Is like that's about two meters. Yeah, they meter recommend and a, half a meter and a half. Like two meters would be like six feet seven inches. But like, okay. but I, they say a meter and a right. half. Mm-hmm. But like, so Mexico is more of a culture who would wear a mask regardless. Um, like because they've had H one N one. We had swine flu pretty pretty hard. Two thousand, I think, was it eight. Um, and a couple of different things. So like, like you'll see a lot of people wearing masks at the store. I went, I had to go, actually I went yesterday, yeah, it was yesterday by the bank, I ended up not going to the bank because there was a line of like 30 people and I was like, no. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was like, I don't know what's happening, but I'm not going to the bank. I don't need it that bad. I did a wire transfer instead. But I, I ate that $40 wire transfer fee. I was like, ah, it's not <laughs> <laughs> Well, here, we can't physically go inside a bank. We have to go to the drive through Okay, yeah, see, we don't have drive throughs at least where I live. Like, this was people, like, they think they were trying to use the ATM. A lot of people, I think, get paid in cash or, like, check, and then they deposit it through the ATM. So, and since it was, like, the second... Or, you know, I think people are trying to make deposits to their accounts. But, like, they were, like, lined up around the building. But I guess my point was to that is, like, I would say about a third of them were wearing the masks, you know. And if you go to the store, it's about a third of the people in the, in the grocery store using. I mean, they're not, obviously, not a, pe- a lot of people don't have the, like, the N95 mask or whatever. But you'll see people with, like, just a wide variety of, like, whatever they can, you know. Can okay. Let me ask like, you this. Are restaurants uh-huh. still allowing people to eat inside them? No, I don't think so. Like, everything's pretty much closed. Like, last week, I did a bike ride and ended up going down the street that has some restaurants on it. And I saw, I was shocked that they had a restaurant open, but everybody was sitting outside on the patio. Like, because here, like, uh, most restaurants have outdoor seating. So Mm -hmm. that one, they did have outdoor seating, though I was just pretty shocked that they were even open because I thought that all non-essentials were supposed to close already. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I, yeah, for us, it's just to go or take out. Or yeah, delivery. they have like they have a delivery service that we've used a couple of times that they'll pick up pretty much from everywhere. But I know like some of the restaurants like that we we called to order from like they need they weren't available even for like delivery. So um, I think most of the, everything is closed. I, I was told I think I told you that the beach is officially closed on the first, mm-hmm. and they had military on the beach to like run everybody off. Wow, to yeah. enforce it. Like people, okay. people just like the problem about Mexico is like I don't know if it's problem, but like there's an the attitude always of like oh don't worry everything's gonna be okay like and that's great that's great but like and this sort of scenario is really could be potentially very dangerous right and like harmful to mm-hmm. other people so there's a lot of people like oh don't worry it's okay and so people are like oh it's not even that dangerous because more people die from flu and diabetes but like you, when you try to explain to them they're like yeah but this is like much more contagious and then like you don't have to have like symptoms to be contagious and then like it's not overwhelming like the hospital is like yeah but like it's hard to explain all this stuff in like a couple sentences like the explanation is very long and people don't want to listen so it's like there's those people or there's a lot of people who don't even believe it's real like and that's like really wow a lot of people like don't think it's real and if you've read anything about the articles about the president i can send you one that a friend sent me he's like the health minister got on last week he's like don't go anywhere for 30 days you know but the president is like, like honestly, you know, he was like still like going on tours and like kissing babies. He he kissed like he gave a saludo de besos to the mother of Chapo, like the famous uh, drug kingpin or narco. He kissed mm-hmm. his ninety-one-year-old mother on the cheek last week. Oh my <laughs> goodness! Like, what are you doing? Like, why would you even do that if anything happens to his, that, his mother? Like. You're gone. And aside from that, like being the mother of an, like the most famous narco of our times, like just don't, you shouldn't get it close to anybody that old. And then you'll see videos and he's like touching and hugging kids and people offered him hand sanitizer. And he's like, no, I don't want any. And he's like standing like shoulder to shoulder with people. And you're like, this is stupid. Wow. And like when the United States was starting to like restrict borders and do different stuff, he was like, oh, people are worried about hugging, but you should hug people. You should live your normal life, like keep consuming, keep going out. And I was just like, everything. Well, yeah, because he's thinking about the economy and business people. Yeah, so the thing, oh, well, um, I don't know what the statistics are in the States, but I've only known Mexico because I've seen it recently. They said that over 70 million uh, people make their living. They depend on their day-to-day living through work. So like 70 million people have to work each day to, to eat that day. And so it resources otherwise, right? Like mm-hmm. they have, so it's like, they don't have any resources and like, there's not, to my knowledge, I don't know. I don't really know anything about homeless shelters or like food banks here. Like, I don't think it's like so much of a thing. You know? mm-hmm. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. I just don't right. have any knowledge right. of it, you know? Because you work from home. I work from home. So yeah. you don't really have to go out and about and no i don't have to go out and about do you have local counterparts or all your co-workers in the states or yeah, around uh, I have co-workers in uh the states and then in canada and then europe as well and then we so those are the ones i work with mostly we have some across asia um and uh, but i don't i don't work with anybody from asia directly okay uh, yeah i have one of my co-workers that i talk to on a daily basis he's in spain you know so he He's been doing, he's been in quarantine, him and his family for a long time now. And that um and then I have a couple of coworkers in the UK and they're telling me kind of what's going on over there, you know. And then uh, and then we do have an office in Verona, Italy, and uh, some of our developers are there. We so what my company does is occasionally we'll find companies and we 
we'll purchase them and then we retain their their employees as part of like a okay so so we we that's how we got the canadian office that's how we got the verona office that will buy these companies we keep this pandemic has affected work no the work itself not really like it's it's like i feel bad about it but like we had a like one of the strongest like endings of our first quarter like ever you know and then like the second quarter is actually looking pretty good for us and like i'm like super busy right now like i know that so i i help design software that that does data management so specifically it helps like organize large corporations or companies data Mm -hmm. and so they can like normalize it and they and they can understand so like a business user can like understand what it is Mm -hmm. and then they can like feed it to dashboards and charting and stuff and like one interesting thing i was told that i was proud about is that we i'm I'm not gonna say the name but we recently sold um like a this software licensing like a very good deal to um, a large research hospital part of their initiative is to to use it to like uh, define and normalize all the data they have surrounding um, COVID-19 and then feed that to dashboards so they can see trending and it's trending for like so they're a research and like a facility that treats people so they're going to use it to, to clean up the data and push the dashboards to see like when they need to order more supplies and like where the weak points are and like what they're using and see the trends and stuff and then they also can like start graphing like all the data so to inform logistics is what you're yeah so it's like so it's, okay. it's for their internal purposes so they understand like how to like better order supplies and like predict when they're going to run out of what and then it's also to like start charting the data that they're finding from their patients and like, kind of understanding a little bit more about the disease and how they can treat it so like that's oh, interesting that's really cool. because when i my initial thought uh-huh. when i asked that question was oh this has has this triggered a migraine, but oh, no. <laughs> it sounds like no, you're coping very well. Yeah, at least, it's actually really like professionally. Yeah, professionally, it's like the best part of my life right now. Because you're on the front lines. Well, that makes me feel happy to know yeah. I have a good friend who's on the front lines of helping <laughs> provide yeah, solutions. I feel good that like at least I'm contributing to something, you know. And like, I swear, if I didn't have like my work to keep me busy, I'd be losing my. Because, like, if I'm not working, I'm, like, out of the house 90% of the time. Either I'm at the beach or diving or working out or downtown or with friends or doing something. But now it's just, like, at the house all the time. It's it's very uh, it's very lonely, right? It's very isolating. And, like, luckily I talk to you and I talk to my friends. And, like, you know, we have different interactions. But it's just, like, super hard, you know, uh, to be alone. So it's just, like, and I guess, like, it's, like, it's like all the, the memes and stuff that are going around, like, the extroverts versus the mm-hmm. introverts and, like, mm-hmm. everybody's coping. You know? That's awesome. Well, Elizabeth, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy day mm-hmm. to talk to me. My pleasure, always. Extremes trigger the mind. Too much capoeira or sleep or emotion. Even part of a nightmare, waking up with a migraine. It's bananas! Creative masks while foraging through grocery stores. Not quite a day at the beach, especially with the military. On the data front lines, marking the path of the pandemic. Thank God for work. It helps sanity.